Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. This is Nancy Kerala. I'm your host, and thank you so much for joining us today as we begin Season 6. And welcome and Happy New Year 2020. And this broadcast and our C. diff spores and more episodes are sponsored by Clorox Healthcare. Please visit their website at cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash C. diff radio, where Clorox helps keep environments safer. We'd like to also introduce today our guest co-host and our host, our guest host. I mean, he's here all the time. I'm doing great. Okay. And it's Kevin Hirsch, our international health coach. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Hey, Nancy. It's always a pleasure. No matter what you call me, I'm going to be here on the show and have a good time with you. This is going to be a great show today. I agree with you. If I can get it all out there and to visit uh, and follow Kevin, please do at hashtag fun coach Kevin. We're so glad to have you here, Kevin. And we have a really great topic to discuss today. Would you like to introduce it to everyone? Yes, it's all about the flu season. And as um, as I wrote on Facebook, it's uh, a chew. Let's talk about the flu. And uh, it's right. It's I mean, that's pretty much what it is. Right. So we're going to be talking about the flu season today. And uh, I tell you what, how about I tell you what the flu season is? Is that okay, Nancy? That's perfect. Thank you, Kevin. Okay, so when we look at the flu season, um, what we're ta- what we're looking at is a period of time during the year where the prevalence starts to appear and then it rises and then it descends again. And that starts somewhere in November. And as we go through November, it increases into December. And now this is this is all over the U.S. Let's, we're just talking about that space for right now, but it is international. And so you start to increase even more in January and then through February and it starts to subside in March. And what I can't help but notice, Nancy, is that these are the holiday seasons. These are the times where we have close contact with other folks that we're not usually in contact with, that we're um, sharing days with, that we're hugging. We're just in closer confinement with them. And don't forget February. Um, Valentine's Day, you know, <laughs> which is always, you know, you never know happens, what happens. So, uh, Nancy, I tell you what, um, what exactly, why don't we tell, now that we know what the flu season is, how about you share with our audience, what is the flu? Perfect. Thank you so much, Kevin. Um, the flu, in, in other words, the actual word and definition is influenza, Uh, for short, it's the flu, is a contagious respiratory illness, and it's caused by the influenza virus. Um, It can cause mild to severe illnesses. Uh, We know that serious outcomes uh, can occur from the flu infection. Uh, They can result in hospitalization and even, unfortunately, death. Some people, um, such as older uh, generation, the older seniors and young children under two are most uh, at risk for acquiring this virus. Um, also, people who with a lot of health conditions, uh, weakened immune systems, um, women who are pregnant, young children, 
individuals who have asthma, heart disease, and stroke, and diabetes, uh, and other, um, you know, health uh, diagnosis that are compromising their health, they're also at higher risk for um, flu complications. So there are two main types of influenza viruses, that's type A and type B, and the influenza A and B viruses are routinely spread between people uh, and are responsible for the flu season epidemic every year. And like uh, Kevin just said, you know, it's a long season uh, in between the holidays. And and Kevin, you know, right now, uh, they had in the news last week that already, you know, this year, um, this flu season, um, they have already estimated 9.7 million people have mm-hmm. already gotten the flu um, so far this season. That's a lot of individuals. So, if you, and actually with that number of people, the probability of you getting the flu is even higher. I mean, let's exactly. imagine, it's like well, no matter who you come across, you may catch the flu. But there's certain precautions you can take. But I want to touch on something else, Nancy, is um, when we were talking about the flu complications, there's obesity as well. And it's over 65, like you talked about. And um, another thing is confined spaces. And so that's why in the senior communities, you're going to find folks getting the flu quite easily. And that's why that's why you really need to be prudent. Take those cautions. All right. Exactly. So what, what are some of the major ways that we can catch the flu? What are, what are some of the exposure that we come across that we can start to think about and that we can start to become prepared for? What do, what do you think a couple of them are, Nancy? Oops, sorry, sorry, Kevin. Oh, yeah. well, um, yeah. no, I'll start it off because yeah. I, I, I love. I, I, I can, I'm a, I like want to just out of my head with these things because it's really, really interesting. And nope, uh, one, that's fine. You yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, that'd be I great. Can. All right. So, what are some major ways or some, some easy ways? Let's say that that we can catch the flu. How about sharing your keyboard or your mouse? All right. Now, now if you don't work and you're at home and you have a keyboard sitting there. If you went to the Mayo Clinic website, I bet what you would find when you typed in how long can a vir- flu virus live outside the body, you know what you'd find? That they have several hours is in the first sentence. And it depends on the surface. So hard plastic, stainless steel, and other hard surfaces, depending on the humidity and the temperature, right, um, can live the longest. And that's several hours. Whereas on softer surfaces, like a, uh, a tissue or, or uh, something else soft, it doesn't live nearly as long. So you can understand why when I talk about a keyboard and a mouse, they're both plastic. Somebody sneezes, somebody uses their hands to sneeze into, then starts typing. You see what I'm getting? Those droplets can, can still, be, still be active. And then you come along and you touch that and you, put it, and you touch your eye because it's itching and you're starting to get exposed. All right. Now, of course, the best way to get exposed is through physical contact. All right. And once you have that physical contact, somebody sneezes six feet away. I mean, you can always get it that way. So there you go. That's one way. Um, let's say you go to work um, and you may spread your flu to others. Wow. Going to work and spreading your flu to others is an easy way to for other people to catch the flu, isn't it? And so that's something I'd love to point out, if that's okay, Nancy, is... When we do have the flu, we do need to be accountable, and we do need to realize that there's other folks that are out there that we could get sick that really can't afford to get sick. All right? We got our deadline done, yeah, but uh, at what cost, right? Exactly. Um, 
This is my favorite. I got my favorite here, and I just did a Facebook Live on this one. I learned this one when I was at a grocery store, a nearby grocery store, several years ago. I'm in line. You know, there's the pen that everybody uses to write the receipt or sign the sign the uh, the, the credit card machine. And uh, I'm in line, and the person in front of me sneezed in their hands, picked up the pen, signed their name, and then handed the pen towards me. Here you go. And it's like, that's okay. I got my own. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. It's these little tiny things. Touching your eyes. I talked about that. Um, and, uh, and Nancy, I'm, um, I have bad sinuses. And I get sinus headaches. And my sinuses get inflamed all the time. And so what I found was I used to sniffle a lot. So when my nose was running, I'd sniffle back in. Well, when I stopped doing that, brought a handkerchief and tissues with me, and when I had to do that, I would blow my nose, the sinus headaches stopped. And I haven't had the flu in probably about two years, and I used to get it every single year. So that was probably something. Yes, absolutely. Okay, do I have time for just two more? Um, You do. And and Kevin, I just want to share something that because you're talking about, um, you know, being when, you know, the surfaces that you touch and how you you get the flu, that it's amazing that um, when a person, uh, they they can have symptoms within within two days, even one to four days. That means that you may be able to pass on the flu to someone else before you even know you're sick. And as well as you are sick. So some people can become infected with the flu virus and have no symptoms yet, but yet have been uh, already, um, you know, come into contagious uh, surfaces and already are are sick and don't know it. Amazing, huh? It it absolutely is. And that's why in my next one, covering your mouth and nose, not coughing or sneezing out into the open is so important because there are folks, just like many people in our audience today, whose health is already compromised and is only going to weaken them even further. All right. Exactly. And so we just have to be very cognizant of that. And, and the, the, the last one I have for you, Nancy, is international travel. You just remember I said comp- confined space? Well, you'll, you have international travel and there's folks getting all sorts of colds and sneezes and, and you're on that plane or you're near them. And mix that with some warm air and a little bit of humidity and very easy to get sick. Yes, very easy to get sick, you know, and especially in travel when we're in those airplanes with sharing the same air, (laughs) you know what that's all about. And here you've got people who have the flu and they're most contagious in the first three to four days after they've been already subjected to it. So some people, especially the young children and people with weakened immune systems, as we've said, um, they're able to infect others with the flu virus for even a longer period of time. So it's really important that we are diligent and pay attention to the surfaces, washing hands, and also, you know, where we are at what time of the year. Um, Like you would say, Kevin, you know, watch the crowds. The crowds are another thing, right? Exactly, exactly. And you know, you know what I love about today's show, and I believe we have a break coming up. But um, I do. You know, later on the show, just a little bit of a teaser. I'm going to call it "What to Do Once You Have the Flu," and we're going to have some great things. So make sure you have your pen and paper because we we came up with some great ones for you, and they're pretty simple to follow. Okay, so that's all I've got for right now, Nancy. That's great, Kevin. 
Okay, and I think we are going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will be discussing ways to prevent the flu and what is the flu and how we can be more diligent in trying to prevent and uh, deter from, you know, acquiring this terrible virus. So please stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean, dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Join us on November 12th and 13th for the 8th Annual International CDF Conference and Health Expo taking place at the Hilton Boston Logan Airport Hotel in Boston, Massachusetts. To view the conference details and register online, visit the CDF Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call the main office at 727-205-3922. Again, that's cdifffoundation.org or you can give us a call at 727-205-3922. Remember to follow us on Twitter at hashtag CDIFF2020. We look forward to meeting you in November. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Carrella. Welcome to C. diff spores and more. We're so glad to have you with us. And today we have a special guest uh, joining us, uh, Sue Barnes, who is an RN, BSN, CIC, and fellow APIC member. Sue Barnes is now working as an independent clinical consultant after retiring in October 2016 as the National Program Leader for Infection Prevention and Control for Kaiser Permente's eight regions, 38 hospitals, and 630 medical offices. She's board certified in infection control and prevention and was granted the designation of fellow of APIC in 2015. 15. Sue has been in the field of infection prevention since 1989. We're so glad to have you on the program today, Sue. Please join us and let's talk about the flu. Great. Thank you, Nancy. I appreciate the uh, invitation. And what I'd like to share is some information about products that can help reduce the risk of flu transmission in healthcare settings. Um, And in my opinion, there are uh, six 
that are the most important products to help prevent flu and and other pathogens uh, from the transmission of those pathogens in healthcare. For flu specifically, and I believe Kevin and you, Nancy, have been speaking about the flu vaccine, that would be number one on my list. Although, you know, it's not 100% effective, of course. It does prevent flu in about 50 to 60% of a healthy adults who are between 18 and 64 years old. And even if it doesn't prevent the flu, it often reduces the severity of the flu infection. Uh, so that is number one. Number two, you've also been discussing, I've heard you, you know, share some really important information about hand cleaning. So hand sanitizers, the alcohol-based hand sanitizers, that's even more effective. Those are more effective than washing with soap and water unless your hands are visibly soiled. So using that hand sanitizer, <clears throat> having it available so that you frequently uh, clean your hands is going to be really important, especially in healthcare settings. This is where you're touching a lot of surfaces that are potentially contaminated, such as elevator buttons, um, bed rails, tabletops, uh, and touching your face hundreds of times a day, especially your nose and eyes, will then subject you to the risk of flu infection. So I have a hand sanitizer with me all the time. Um, my favorite alcohol-based hand sanitizer is called Elliptol. Elliptol, and that is a uh, sanitizer that combines the healing properties of eucalyptus oil with pure ethyl alcohol. So it's effective and yet gentle on your skin, and it's available in the gel format, spray, and wipes. And you can learn more about that as well as ordering that product at www.elliptol.com. And that's E-L-Y-P-T-O-L. So the first two products, flu vaccine, hand sanitizer. The third product uh, that is really important is a UV disinfection device for mobile phones and iPads. And uh, phone soap (coughs) has such a device. Phone soap is, in full disclosure, one of my clients. Uh, This is a very innovative product. It's a um, UV device for disinfection of cell phones. They have two versions of their device, one for home use, a consumer device, and one for hospital and healthcare. And the hospital healthcare version of phone soap um, uses UVC disinfection to kill 99% of bacteria in 30 seconds. So that's really important in the fast-paced world of healthcare. Um, it also has a motion-activated door and touchless operation, so you can put the iPad or cell phones in it without touching the device itself, and that helps to also reduce cross-contamination. Um, it can be mounted on a wall, a rolling stand, or placed on a table surfaces surface, and you can see more about that product at www.phonesoap.com. 
Number four product that's important in reducing the risk of transmission of the flu is environmental surface cleaners. Uh, it's super important to keep the surfaces, especially right around the patient in the patient zone, clean uh, to reduce the risk of transmission of bacteria and virus. Clorox manufactures a lot of really great environmental cleaning products that are used in hospitals. And one of my favorites is a disinfectant spray product called Fusion, which is a mild bleach formula. And it's easy on surfaces, but it can kill C. diff spores in two minutes. You can learn more about that at Clorox.com. And then number five is a nasal antiseptic. And I have to start by stating that the use of nasal antiseptic for prevention of colds and flu is off-label, so it's not FDA-approved. These products are not FDA-approved to prevent colds or flu, but I'm speaking from my personal experience. It's one of the things I take with me on board any plane or any other public transport, during, especially during the flu season, and the product I use is Nosen, and that is a an alcohol-based nasal antiseptic. It's easy to use. It's pleasant. The scent is citrus, and you, anyone can order it on the consumer portal at nosen.com. And then six and last is an antimicrobial laundry additive. Um, this is important because you think about patients that are laying in bed. The bed linens are not changed every day anymore, and so they track bacteria from the floors back into their beds, their IV lines or uh, dressings, wound dressings, surgical site uh, incisions can become contaminated. So the antimicrobial laundry additive uh, is really important in providing immediate and residual antimicrobial effect. And the product that I recommend is another one of my fabulous clients, Applied Silver is the company SilvaClean is the product, and you can learn more at www.appliedsilver.com. Um, at some point, that product will be available for home laundry as well, and I'm really looking forward to that. So I'm going to stop there and see if Nancy or Kevin have any questions. We do, and thank you so much, Sue, for sharing all of those fantastic products and uh, interventions for uh, surfaces and laundry um, and soft surfaces. And, Sue, are colds and the flu transmitted in the same way? Uh, Yes, actually. So all respiratory viruses are engineered to spread through physical symptoms of coughing and sneezing. So the more you sneeze and cough, the more likely you are to spread that infection. Um, However, I have to say that viruses, cold and flu viruses, uh, can be shed from asymptomatic folks. So even before you have uh, symptoms of the flu or a cold, you may be shedding virus. Um, And so... Through cold, it's spread through coughing, sneezing. Then, um, if your hands are contaminated, if you don't wash your hands after blowing your nose or covering a cough, and then touch a surface, someone else touches the, that contaminated surface, and then touch their own eyes or nose, uh, the virus can then be. 
transmitted and results in an infection. So that's why it's really important to cover coughs and sneezes and not touch your face. Exactly. I was just reading, Sue, not too long ago. Uh, there was a 2012 study, and researchers had about 250 individuals that they monitored, and they found that the individuals touched their face over three times in an hour, and you don't even realize how often we're touching our faces, do we? That's exactly right. It's It's unconscious, and that is putting you at risk of viruses such as the cold and the flu. Touching your nose or your eyes, those are the portals into your respiratory tract. Exactly. And Sue, with that, what about facial masks? We see people wearing them around offices and out in the public. Do they help at all? Uh, You know, not really. So although you see people wearing masks in public places, uh, it's not really clear that they provide a lot of benefit. Uh, we in healthcare do recommend that patients with coughs do wear a mask in clinics or when they come in the hospital so that they don't spread their respiratory droplets. Uh, but you have to wear them correctly, and their effectiveness is limited uh, when they get wet from coughing or sneezing. Okay. And so how long are people contagious with the flu? Well, for, for influenza, you're contagious um, on average one day before symptoms and then five to seven days after the onset of symptoms. So that can be as long as 10 days. And then you've got to consider that young children and patients with um, altered immune systems can shed the virus for even longer periods of time. Okay. And Sue, I know Kevin wanted to ask you a question. This would be a perfect time before we go to break, if you don't mind. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, Sue, thank you so much. You know what? And and I always ask people to take notes and I'm the one taking notes because when I see fusion with a Z and and with Clorox and I'm seeing all of these other products you're talking about, it's like I almost want to put a little gift basket together. <laughs> it's uh, it's really useful. But yeah. I do want to ask you about airplanes, if I could. Uh, we've heard when you're on an airplane, okay. the vent that you um, you aim down in front of you, it sort of forms an air curtain. Is that um, an old wives' tale, or is that actually true? Does that help um, alleviate the, the droplets? Well, to my knowledge, there's no you know published evidence that addresses that, but... My personal experience is this. When I sit down in a plane, here are the things I do. I clean my hands with a hand sanitizer, and I clean all the surfaces that I'm going to touch in my seat, the, the table, uh, the screen, touch screen of the TV, the air controls, everything I clean with a disinfectant wipe. I apply Nosen to my nose. And I do turn on that air vent because, in my opinion, what that can do is it rushes, although that air is not HEPA filtered, uh, and hopefully at one day in the future it will be, it is filtered. So it is recirculated and filtered. Uh, The benefit to me is that it pushes, if anybody's coughing and sneezing near you, it will push that away from your face. So... I personally think it's a good idea. Thank you so much for that. Oh, wow. I I needed to know that. 
Thank you so much. Nancy. Um, you know what, Sue, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. This is That was Sue Barnes. And Kevin, thanks again for your input and questions. And right now, we are going to take a pause for a commercial break. And when we return, we'll continue discussing flu, uh, how you acquire it, how to prevent it. Thank you. And we'll be back after these messages. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. To help support the C. Diff Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll free 1 844 4 C. Diff. That's 1 844 367 2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Join us on November 12th and 13th for the 8th Annual International C. Diff Conference and Health Expo taking place at the Hilton Boston Logan Airport Hotel in Boston, Massachusetts. To view the conference details and register online, visit the C. Diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call the main office at 727-205-3922. Again, that's cdifffoundation.org or you can give us a call at 727-205-3922. 3922. Remember to follow us on Twitter at hashtag CDIFF2020. We look forward to meeting you in November. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to C. diff spores and more. We're so glad that you are joining us today. Today's topic is the flu, how to uh, prevent it, how to manage the symptoms and great products that can help uh, deter off uh, the germs off of surfaces. And with us, we have our guest, uh, our host, and uh, that's Kevin Hirsch, uh, International Health and Wellness Coach. And Kevin, thanks so much for being with us today. It is always a pleasure to be on your show, Nancy. Thank you for having me today. Thank you so much, Kevin. And you know what? If you wouldn't mind, I know that you are um, well-versed in this is, and because having the flu and, you know, once we have the flu, maybe you can talk about different ways that um, we can get through it. Right. And you know, once you have the flu, and so we talked about ways of getting it. We talked about what it was, but now that you have it, how can you make your life more comfortable, other people's life around you more comfortable, but also get through it a little bit faster, right? And uh, and also not to spread it. It is so important to think about those people around you. So let's say the first one I have, Nancy, is keep away from work, right? Stay away from the office. Now, you may feel pressure from the office if you're, if you're a manager, 
um, please set that example. When you're sick, stay away. Otherwise, people may be pressured to feel that they need to do that too. All right, and that's not going to be healthy um, for a business or for your employees. But but let's focus on the good because you know, being the health coach, what I always do is try to focus on what we can grow from this. All right, and so let's say you're sick. Um, or before you're sick, other people are getting ill, start to create a plan B, okay? That plan B is, what can I do from home? What can I do now? And what do I not need to do now, but I can do later on if I get sick, all right? And so that's that plan B. So we have to start thinking about that. And again, being accountable and make it, um, make it your mission not to share that sickness when you do get it, all right? I hope that makes sense. Um, when you are working... Um, and you're trying to get some things done, even if you're not feeling that yet. But just like Sue said, I mean, you may not feel it, but you are actually do have the flu, but you may not feel it yet. Do not push yourself into exhaustion. That's only going to weaken your system. That's only going to make you more tired. And that's only going to make you feel worse. All right. You know what I'm talking about, right, Nancy? Absolutely. Oh, working, working to exhaustion. And then, again, remember I talked about being positive. Focus on being better. Focus on getting better. Focus on feeling good. Focus on that, not so much the negative side. Um, you see, without without you, um, how can you support the others around you? So that's why you want to focus on you getting better and you avoiding the flu in the first place. So all the other people in your life are important to you. Show them how important it is and you practice good habits to stay, um, to stay healthy. All right. If that, if that, if that makes all sense. All right. And so focus on being better. I talked about that visit with your doctor. All right. And then just make sure that you're, you're connecting with your doctor, follow those instructions. And, uh, oh, by the way, if you do get, um, if you are feeling a little down and you are feeling sick, when you push yourself, another thing is you're not giving yourself grace. You're not giving your body time to heal. So we definitely want to do that too. And another thing is, oh oh my gosh, I just did this on a Facebook Live on my page, Nancy, is drink plenty of water. You might say, oh, you know, it's like, oh, I got to drink more water. Yeah, yeah, drink more water. I mean, look at your body. You're flushing out what your body doesn't want. The more more you drink, the healthier you're going to feel. I drink a brand of water that has electrolytes in it. And when I do drink that, I start to pick up that energy that I didn't have before, especially when I'm feeling sick. I drink that water with the electrolytes. Exactly. And and another form of electrolytes, Nancy, is uh, lemon. So Uh just just have your your tap water or your bottled water and add some lemon to it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you want to share one? Um, actually, I was just going to say how chicken soup is actually has a medicinal uh, <laughs> benefit when you are sick with a cold or a flu. Um, number one, you're getting the protein, you're getting some carbs, you're getting hydration with the with the broth. So it really, and you're getting some sodium back. So, and if you have a fever, you know we perspire with fevers. You're losing sodium. And you're losing also um, the electrolytes, as you said. So, you know, I just wanted to say chicken soup. Now I know why we always had that when we had the (laughs) flu when we were young, right? (laughs) We thought it was just a dip for our peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? Uh Uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. How cute. 
Thanks. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. But it's true. It's, it I never true. realized why my mother gave us chicken soup when we were sick. Yeah, she gave you chicken soup when you were sick because it contained the protein. It, became, it, it contained the healthy carbs or the carbs for your body. It contained the electrolytes. It contained all of the things that your body needs while you're sick. And I agree with you 100% on the chicken soup. It is definitely good. And I did love the peanut butter and jelly on white bread when I was a kid. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> How funny was that? <laughs> exactly. Well, and on to the next one. I love your um, the, the next uh version of how to continue to feel better while we have this terrible virus. Yeah, you get yourself into a healthy daily rhythm, and that's waking up and going to bed. So when you're feeling bad, you you may notice this or you may not have noticed it already, that when um, you wake up at 6 o'clock or you wake up at 8 o'clock and you start changing your rhythm around, you don't really feel great. But if you always get up around the same time and always go to bed around the same time, always eat around the same time, always drink your water around the same time, watch how your body starts to say thank you very much. And you're going to start getting that real good rest you need, Nancy. Exactly. But you know what, Kevin, we notice when we have patients who aren't feeling well, keeping on a regimen like that isn't always possible. Um, I think when we have a flu, we have a raging fever, our bodies are not cooperating the way we would like them to. Um, And, you know, um, I had the flu they don't, I don't remember if I had the A or the B or the C or the D. There are so many variations and anyone can look that up on the cdc.gov website. Uh, but it, I had it for a whole month and it really wasn't the whole month. It's the whole month of symptoms, not being contagious. It's the cough. My gosh, that cough can keep us up all night and all day, right? Oh, absolutely. It can keep you up all the time. So I should have prefaced that with that with when possible. When possible, when we're getting over the flu. (laughs) Yes, when you're getting over the flu. Yeah, and another when possible is get plenty of sunshine and fresh air. If you can get out, do something for your, for your, not only your body, but also for your mind and get out there, breathe deep, breathe some fresh air if you can, if that's possible. We even tell our patients with C. difficile infections, um, and it's just getting out of bed is hard enough for them. Yes. And patients who are also experiencing, you know, daunting um, symptoms from other wellness training uh, diagnosis, but just getting out of bed and sitting in the chair next to a window can make such a difference. And if we can open the window or if they can like be, you know, walk, take a walk outside for a few minutes, what a relief. What a change of scenery. Right, Kevin? Oh, exactly right. And you know what? I might call it a sickness cocktail for some folks where they have the flu at the same time that they um, experience uh, SAD. Remember, we talked about that last year, Nancy, um, mm-hmm. seasonal affected disorder. And so getting that sunshine is really important for that. So imagine if you had both of those. So getting the sunshine, getting that fresh air and just feeling dang good about yourself really helps you get through it a little bit faster. Exactly. All right. And so uh, and we just talked a little bit about the rest. Get the rest your body needs. If you need to rest, rest. All right. Make sure you get the, your body. Because it's healing. It's going through a little bit of, a, of a, an experience there with the flu. Um, and here's some things that you can do to get the rest you need. Don't watch TV in your room. Okay. Take the TV out of your bedroom. Or at least just don't turn it on. Give yourself a break from it. Wait to see how 
easy it is for to um, to go to sleep. You know, after you read a book or something, just take the TV away or take the tablet and the smartphone and the laptop away. You know, while you're laying in bed, lay in bed to go to sleep. All right, and just read a book to go to sleep in bed. You know what? And it's even if you're going to sleep in a, in a comfortable chair just to rest, turn the TV off, read a book, learn something. And just relax. It's really important to do that. Take some me time. Exactly. And you know what, Kevin? That new that Audible book is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is fantastic. A lot of patients don't have enough energy to read a book, or yes. they don't even want to hold a book. So if they want to <clears throat> use the Audible books or, or you know any kind of the talking books, mm-hmm. great. That's a great variance right there. A very it's helpful. That's for sure. Oh, the audiobooks. I got to agree with you 100% on that, Nancy. You get some audiobooks. Now, now let's look at some um, personal growth books. There's some out there. And uh, there's also some uh, stories you may be interested in. But get out there. Look at some of the ratings. Ask some other folks what books they like. And get those audible books, those those books on tape, so to speak. They really you just kind of sit there and you start to listen. And before you know it, you drift into another space and you start to learn things. And before you know it, you're relaxing and just calming down. And that's also important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, also, I think we talk just a touch about nutrition. And you know what? Let's eat. Let's take the food in that your body needs. Okay. So, so let's look at not what, not what your mindset craves because you might be in a, in a place where it's like, I'm stressed. I need Doritos. I'm stressed. I think I'll have pizza. No, eat the foods that your body is, is really needs. And, and Nancy touched on one of them, didn't you? The chicken soup. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Vegetarians have choices. You know, there's the vegetable, uh, there's the vegetable bouillon, and you're mm-hmm. gonna get, and you're gonna get plenty of protein with some tofu. But you can have a lot of good food. I have on my Facebook page. You'd find a lot of recipe books, and if you need them, you're always welcome to connect with me. I have a dozen or so recipe books that I have out there that are all healthy recipes that so many people, including diabetics, um, enjoy. And if you can have these recipes or modify them for yourself. I can always help you through that. I love cooking, and I love cooking healthy. And we appreciate that, Kevin. Thank you so much for offering that. Oh, absolutely. And um, you know what? What about the clean surfaces after um, after you've been visiting a surface? I think we should, just like what Sue was talking about. Mm-hmm. Let's be responsible community members and anybody in our family. I don't want anybody to get these germs, so I just touch this doorknob. I'm going to take fusion, and I'm going to spray my doorknob. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to um, take my pen. I'm going to use my pen and somebody wants it. Here you go. I'm going to grab a wipe and, and wipe down my, my keyboard as soon as I'm finished or my mm-hmm. mouse. See, that's always exactly. Great. Okay, cool. Exactly. And before break, Kevin, maybe you'd like to um, share the information you learned this morning about um, when patients have the flu. Um, there are other community um, resources that decline. Oh, my gosh. Remember that, Nancy? We were just talking briefly about this, everybody. And when you um, here's something that's been going on up in this northeast area. And um, it was just on the news yesterday that the blood banks are running out of type O negative blood because you cannot give blood while you have the flu. So think about it in those terms is staying healthy for others. We all like to have a life of purpose and giving back. And that's one thing that we can all do um, if we can, if we're healthy and, and we're in that space to donate blood. So if we can stay healthy, you never know when the need for us is going to come up and we want to be prepared for that. 
Exactly. Thanks so much, Kevin. And right now, we're going to take a pause. Um, We are going to pause for a commercial break. And when we return, Kevin Hirsch and myself, we will be discussing flu, the prevention, uh, how you feel, how to prevent it, how it's acquired, and ways to get through it. Please stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join us on November 12th and 13th for the 8th Annual International C. diff Conference and Health Expo taking place at the Hilton Boston Logan Airport Hotel in Boston, Massachusetts. To view the conference details and register online, visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call the main office at 727-205-3922. Again, that's cdifffoundation.org or you can give us a call at 727-205-3922. 3922. Remember to follow us on Twitter at hashtag CDIFF2020. We look forward to meeting you in November. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean, dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the program, C. diff, spores, and more. And we are so happy to have you here today with our co-guest, no. That's not right. With our, Kevin, I'm doing it to you again. With our co-host guest, Kevin Hirsch. And Kevin, thanks so much for being with us today. Oh my gosh, as we close out our show, Nancy, this was really quick, but so informative. Yep, and so important. Because here it is, the flu season, and we have so many um, individuals and their families and researchers and healthcare physicians, healthcare professionals listening. Um, And you know, uh, we know that this is our C. diff channel, uh, and our patients are fighting already and recovering from the C. difficile infection, but there is so much more, and we just want to, everyone to know that there are ways to prevent from getting this virus, and I'm just going to start off like, uh, here's really in good information. Is it a cold or flu? How do you know? 
uh, the symptoms are so similar. So the signs and symptoms, all right, the symptom onset. With a cold, it's gradual. It takes days for like a cold to really manifest. With the flu, it's like a brick wall hit you within 24 hours. Right, Kevin? Oh, oh yes. yes. I mean, one Voice day we're walking around. The next day, it's, oh, my gosh, every bone in your body aches. Your head is falling off. And you just feel terrible. Your mm. sinuses are stuffed, and you have a fever. So fever with a cold, it's rare. But flu, it's usual. Aches, slightly you know, they might be there for a cold, but it's not uncommon to have aches and body aches with the flu. Chills, uncommon with the cold, fairly common with a flu. Fatigue and weakness, cold sometimes, but really common with the flu. Sneezing, now it's very common to sneeze with a cold. With a flu, sometimes, but not always. Chest discomfort from the coughing, mild to moderate with a cold, very common with the flu. The cough is the worst. Stuffy nose, common with a cold. And with the flu, sometimes a stuffy nose. Sore throat, common with the cold, only sometimes with the flu. And the headache. The headache with a cold is rare, but with the flu, it is common. So... There are your highlights of is it a cold or the flu? And you can find these symptoms on the cdc.gov website. And there is even a very nice graphic you can print off. You can share it with your family, your friends, and um, know the symptoms of the cold virus and the symptoms of the cold uh, and the flu flu virus. Uh, And also, if your symptoms do progress and become, you know, worse than than what you can handle or worse every day, please contact your healthcare provider. Please make an appointment or go to your local clinic to get assessed. We don't want anyone to have complications from the flu and, you know, after a couple of days especially. So, Kevin, I'm going to hand it back to you. You know, with what you just said, self-medicating isn't always the best. No. And checking with your doctor is always prudent. It's it's the best thing you can do. They know they'll be able to tell you it's a cold, it's a flu. Um, they'll be able to help you with the severity, and they'll be able to help you um, get better faster. Exactly, because there are even antivirals that are available. That if you're ta- if they're taken within a certain period of time, they can help alleviate some of the symptoms. They don't cure the virus, but they do lessen the symptoms. Uh, they'll also be able to do a <clears throat> rapid test. Uh, to see if it is the flu, if it's the A or the B or the C or the D, whatever they're they're testing for this year, that year. Uh, But yes, there are a lot of different variations. So we we encourage people to um, not put off, uh, especially if it's getting worse. Don't put it off. And, and, you know, you mentioned the cdc.gov website and do a search. Um, You don't have to type in influenza. Just type in FLU. Uh, in the search and you're going to see plenty to read and you know what the, I think the best tools that you can have besides um, all the all the tools that uh, Sue was talking about is information valid information from valid resources like CDC and I think you're going to be prepared and ready to go so so hopefully you avoid it and speaking of avoid it can I uh, put out a few ways to avoid the flu Nancy 
Absolutely. We have four minutes till we close the program. We appreciate your hitting on the keynotes and the key points. That'd be great, Kevin. Yeah, I certainly will. Now, uh, as Sue is talking about, vaccines are the number one, as you pointed out. Now, it's not always 100% effective, um, but it is effective. And, and, you know, it's between 18 and 64 years old, I believe she said. Yes, she did. And what we also want to see is the people who are most susceptible to the flu, you know, under two years old and over 65, okay? So we, have, we want to be cognizant of those folks. So um, avoiding the flu, vaccinations, really important. My wife asked me the other day, did you get a vaccination? And even with my mindset, I said, no, nah, I don't need one. When she said, sorry, what? I said, yeah, I'll get one tomorrow, I promise. Yeah, and, and I'm going out to get one as soon as the show's over. There you go. It's not too late. It's not too late. Carry a handkerchief with you, disposable tissues, all right, whichever you're more comfortable with. I, I prefer the disposable tissues, but um, you carry a handkerchief. And that's so, you know, if your nose is, is running or if you need to open a door, oh, my gosh, here you go, Nancy. This is another thing I do. When I travel a lot and I come across the doors on the highway, um, you know, when you go into the rest stops, most people grab the door. Okay, I am mm-hmm. notorious for having a paper towel in my pocket. Grab it and drag it, and and open the door. I'm not being phobic about it. I'm just using my common sense, and along with knowledge, common sense is so important. All right, mm-hmm. it's like all these folks are just going in and out. I don't want to get sick during flu season, and a paper towel in my pocket—that's all I needed. All right, so um, riding a bus, um, new people near you that you've never met, just just. Be aware that you can easily get germs. Just be cognizant of that. And also, you can spread germs to them, and we don't want to do that. All right? Um, hand sanitizers, like like Sue was talking about. She was talking about, and, and I've mentioned it a couple of times, fusion with a Z. And also, I had no idea there was a disinfectant for mobile phones. And it's like, wow, okay, I'm taking notes. And, and elliptol. E-L-Y-P-T-O-L dot com. There's a sanitizer. And uh, just in the nasal antiseptic, she was just full of information that's going to help us and fill our toolkit. All right. Carry your own pen. Remember I talked about that with the grocery store? Mm-hmm. Bring your own pen with you. And if you can, find a pen with that little rubber nub on it that you use on your smartphone. That's going to be helpful, too. Very much so. And Absolutely. Kevin? I can't thank you enough for sharing the key points today. I, unfortunately, I am going to stop you right there. <laughs> I want to keep talking. I want to keep I talking. Stop. No, I'm going to stop you right there. So I can, you know, um, pleasantly thank everybody. Number one, we want to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. And hello, season six, and here we go. And we're just so grateful. And Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today on CW spores and more we're completely grateful for your dedication in the healthcare and in the uh, wellness and prevention and the coaching uh, community so thank you so much for your time and at this time all of our members at the CDF foundation wish to acknowledge all of the organizations around the globe dedicated to improving health and the organizations and professionals who are researching and developing new products and ways to address C. difficile infection in the prevention, treatments, protecting the gut microbiome, clinical trials, diagnostics, and environmental safety worldwide. To learn more about C. difficile infection and recurrent C. difficile infection clinical trials that are in progress, please visit the C. Diff Foundation's website, cdifffoundation.org. Please visit us and join us on November 12th and 13th at the Boston Logan Airport Hotel. 
Hotel uh, at the Hilton, and we will be there for our 8th Annual International C. diff Conference and Health Expo. um, The registration and information will be alive and well and posted on February 1st, and we look forward to seeing with you and learning more with you in November. This is Nancy Corrala. I'm your host, and thank you so much for joining us today. We wish you good health, good day, and good healing. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We'll be right back. 